This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Fee with Mike and Mark. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good. We've uh, we've had a good week here, despite some some challenges. Uh, we've got a new. We've got some new equipment that we're not using yet, but we're going to be using soon, and uh, that will be exciting. Exciting. Oh yeah, definitely. So anyway, uh, on to <coughs> the news. Not much. In the news this week, Mike. Actually, we broke a, a news story with our friends over at a Boar Meets World. That's true, we did. Um. Oh God, I don't know the woman's name. She played. I don't know her character. She played Ra- Rachel. Rachel. Yeah, yeah I don't, I'm not familiar with the character of Rachel on Boy Meets World, but I guess the actress uh, has fully embraced just being like a hardcore uh, pornographic movie actress at this point. Good for her. And get her. She's she's pretty attractive. So, hooray for that. Yep, absolutely. The uh, Joker has broken uh, the October uh, opening day box office record. Oh, has it? Apparently, yeah, over forty million dollars so far on its first day. That's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. I mean, I, I'd take it if someone handed me a, a bag of forty million dollars. I'd I'd be, be, big, be good with it. Be a big bag mark. With <laughs> Oh, and uh, let's see. I mean, there's not much. Joker news is really dominating everything. There's not really much else in the news other than porn and the Joker. There's a new. Uh, there's a new Jason Borden b- movie being developed. There is. Apparently, yeah. It, it, is Matt Damon involved, or is it going to be someone else? I guess it's going to. There's a, a Treadstone TV show. And it might connect to that. Huh. I didn't know there was a Treadstone TV show. Has that already been out? Uh, yes. Like for how long? I don't know. (laughs) Huh. That's a a very good question. I don't watch it, and I'm not familiar with it. But it looks like Matt Damon may be uh, back in the fold, uh, according to to what I've... uh, what I've heard. See, I wish uh, they did with uh, with uh, the Jason Borg character. If they made him more like a um, like the American version of James Bond, you know, they'd keep like it, it's almost like a code name. But I mean, I guess mm-hmm. they do kind of go into his. They kind of do go into his backstory quite a bit. And I think I read two out of three of the books because there's like a, it's like a trilogy. Yeah. And uh, the books are okay. They're very dated because they were like written in like the early '80s, I think, or something like that. There's sometime in the 1980s, and so a lot of the references are like, "Ooh, he had this camera." It's like, yeah, I have one on my phone now. That's not very <laughs> impressive. Yeah, yeah. So I guess Treadstone is on the USA Network. Oh, is it X after uh, Silk Stockings? <laughs> wow, that is so. That's a hell of a reference. Yeah, it comes in between that and uh, uh, Rhonda Shears up all night. Yeah, with uh, Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> occasionally guessing at it. Yeah. <laughs> Rhonda! I never quite understood what Silk Stockings was. Were they like detectives or something? 
Uh, I guess. You know, honestly, I don't think I ever actually watched the show, but I, I guess they were it detectives. Seemed like it, it seemed like it was on for a long time. Yeah, it was like the Red Shoe Diaries, but more mainstream, I guess. Yeah, from what I could tell from like the previews and like descriptions, like on the cable box, because I also never watched it. It seemed like it was like a very like a bad version of like a, a Cinemax movie, where it's just like all like designed to like you know titillate like young men into watching it. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously on the USA Network, they couldn't have like nudity and stuff like that. It was on for eight seasons. <laughs> Jeez, they had like um, they actually had like a quite a few like uh stuff things like that that they yeah like exploitation type movie, but then like you know it was like edited like they it was like it's like wow like you know as a twelve year old it's like I gotta find the original of this movie because it's gonna be good. Yeah, he uh, so it starred Rob Estes, maybe best known from Aces Iron Eagle Three. <laughs> Oh my god, the Iron Eagle movies were insane. Did you did you know they made so many of them? There's like, like I think in uh, Family Guy they describe like a plot that just sounds so outlandish, but it's actually the plot of a uh, Iron Eagle movie. Oh my god, do you remember that? Up? Yeah, yeah. It's like Brian like wrote like a script, but it's like just like the Aces. I think it's Aces High, the one you're talking about. Yeah, where he's like, um, but uh, one of the uh, one of the pilots is Japanese, and they don't trust him or something. Right, right. Yeah, they were like <laughs> World War II vets or something like that. <laughs> And then Rita was played by oh Ben Vereen was on this show. Jesus Christ! Apparently, Uh, let's see who played Rita. Um, Mitzi McCall. I was reading this uh, thing uh, earlier or the other day. It was like this music producer. I can't Mm -hmm. remember his name, but like uh, I guess at one point he actually like ran over Ben Vereen like when he was driving. He just like hit him with his car. Oh my god! Yeah, allegedly an accident. Which is weird because I like never heard about Ben Vereen having an accident. I guess he's really not. Is he alive still? Uh, I will tell you in one minute. Let's see. Ben Vereen is alive and well. Seventy-two years old. Oh, well, I thought he'd be older. Yeah, he does seem like he would be. Cause he seemed like he was like in his like fifties when he was on like Webster, which is in the eighties. Yeah, he started acting in nineteen sixty-five. Jeez, what was he three? I don't know. Well, let's see. He was born in 46, so... No. Well, probably not, then. so it's 19, I think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he was in Hair. He was in Sweet Charity. This was on the stage. See, I mostly know Ben Vereen as Ben Vereen, not like the guy from anything. Like, I know, I heard he was in Roots. Where? I don't know. I don't remember him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he, uh, he was on Webster, but I mean, other than Webster, I think at Webster it was like, oh, look, it's Ben Vereen on Webster, and he was like his uncle or something. Yeah, something like that. He's, you know, he's done a lot. Like, he was big in the theater, I know. Oh, yeah. So I think that's kind of why he's not as as well-known, but eh, good for him. Congrats. But that's, being alive, so that's, that's the news. Ben Vereen, not dead. But was hit by a car. Yeah. Allegedly on accident. I don't think it was on purpose. Uh, I don't know. I don't trust anybody. But uh, anyway, so now we will move yeah. we will move on to uh keeping current with Mike, where we plumb the depths of the celebrity gossip world. Mike, where are we going today? Well, Mark, you'll be happy to know we're making a grand return to uh, Hip Hop DX. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one. Um, hold on just a second, because apparently I uh, I have like way too many windows up because watching like Vine <laughs> for the last hour and almost died laughing at this one in particular. Yeah, um, but so just be just a quick. Mike and I were uh, were were having a lot of fun with the vines before we went on uh, on the air. Marco, tell me some crazy story. Yeah. Yeah, we were having a good time. Look, this cover for Silk Stockings just looks so awful. What is it? It's just, it's just that, but it's them with, you know, guns in their hands, just like kind of back to back, but it's got the, like, the horrible 80s font and everything. It just looks terrible. Apparently, all eight seasons are available on Hulu. Oh no! Why? I, I still don't understand what the show is. Are they detectives? Do you, I, I I don't know. I don't really care that much to be honest with you. Um, let's see. So yeah, they're detectives. The storylines were told in a partial first-person perspective, focusing on Lance, who would speak in voiceovers throughout the episode. Sounds great. Not really. Uh, it's always great when there's there's voiceovers throughout the the entire episode. It was also like the uh, the DVD rights went to Mill Cre- Mill Creek, which I don't know if you're familiar with Mill Creek, but it's basically like all the the shitty like movies from the '80s that somebody made on their VHS and decided that uh, they were going to try to to make some money off of. They Mill Creek owns all those. Oh, nice. Mike posted the theme music though, though, so the theme music was probably pretty decent. Yeah, I like his uh, theme music. I was a big fan of the uh, 80s like sitcoms, especially the theme music. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of wish I could uh, just write theme songs for, uh, you know, non... I mean, there's no reason I can't, but it seems like such a waste of time. Yeah, no one... Well, no one really uses any kind of good themes anymore. I mean, like, for my own, uh, my own enjoyment. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you could absolutely do that. Make a theme song for, for Breaking Bad. <laughs> No, if I get a bunch of like uh, non-existent shows. Oh, okay. Like too many Culkins. Yeah, that's the best. Been working on that one for a while. Too many Culkins. Anyways, hip hop DX. Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, I forgot we were doing that for a second there. Uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. The breakdown will Takashi Six Nine be hip hop's first successful snitch. Oh, now I've, I've heard of with, yeah, I've heard of this story. Yeah, Takashi uh, Six Nine. I think he was arrested for recharge with conspiracy or racketeering or maybe something even worse. I think it was a guy. I think he had like supposedly hired somebody to kill like a, a, this uh, you know hip hop artist. Takashi Six Nine is uh, was like actively in a gang while he was still like a famous like musician. Right. And uh, he's uh, pretty much just trying to, like, you know, sell everybody out. He's, like, naming people that, like, he wasn't even asked about. Like, I think he said the rapper Cardi B was, like, in the same, like, gang or something like that. Or the opposing one. Yeah, yeah, I heard that, that he's, like, uh, saying Cardi B's in a gang and and everything. And, yeah, all this stuff. Like, I've seen all the... I don't know much about the story other than, you know, his name and everything. But I've seen... I've I've seen all the memes, you know, people like yeah. saying mar- be, being marked safe from uh, Takashi Six Nine's testimony and stuff. Yeah, I think there's um, there's like two issues. Obviously, like how much will his sentence be reduced? Because I think he's they said he's refusing witness protection. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this guy's probably just gonna be shot like pretty quickly after he gets out of prison. 
I would imagine, yeah. Well, like if he walks, I, I don't see him. I mean, I mean, if he is in fact actually naming people who are actually in these groups that you know don't want to be prosecuted, uh, mm-hmm. I imagine someone might have uh, you know issue with what he's been saying. Yeah, unless he's just making up lies, I guess. In which case, yeah, they wouldn't care. But that's not going to help him. And they were kind of like, it was kind of funny. It was like, how can you go into this uh, protection when he's got like a giant 6'9 tattoo on his face? Right? Yeah, where is he going to go? I mean, unfortunately, he's not like the uh, the wacky uh, buddy of a protagonist in an 80s comedy who actually got it tattooed on his face <laughs> at a spring break. Right. He could go to Sweden. No rapper will ever go there again. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> But that's probably worse than being shot and killed, right? Is uh, spending the rest of your yeah, life in Sweden. I mean, it's kind of like hell on earth in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. Shout out Scandinavia. I mean, if you like a pickled fish, go <laughs> ahead. Yep, absolutely. Hate it. And what, meatballs maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I guess they do make... Uh, and, you know, everyone goes, barker, barker, barker. Uh, they got that one guy from uh, the Mighty Ducks who sharpened the skates. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh. All right, this story, I kind of, I, I think I kind of know a little bit about, because um, I clearly know all the characters. Uh, this one is University of Kansas issues apology following stripper-themed Snoop Dogg performance. KU's director of athletics, Jeff Long, wasn't impressed. Jeff Long. What a, what a piece of shit that guy is. Okay, let's see. Um, so I, from what I can tell, and I mean, think this is what happened. I don't know if it was halftime or like a pregame show, mm-hmm. but they hired Snoop Dogg to do it, which I don't know You know why, whatever. I mean, you're a school, you're hiring Snoop Dogg. I mean, is that where your money should go? Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, obviously the NCAA is like a giant scam. I mean, like everyone, it's like, it's they're, the, only, the only people worse than them is FIFA, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, FIFA's horrible. <laughs> Yeah, so Snoop Dogg shows up, and uh, shockingly, Snoop Dogg, who you know is uh, well known for being you know a person who calls himself a pimp sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, purveyor and user of uh, marijuana cigarettes, mm-hmm. um, he had a show that was unacceptable to the school standards. Shocking, Jeff Long, should you not have known better? He he shot a money gun full of fake hundred dollar bills with his face on them. Nice. Which cool. I think is hilarious. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, but yeah, so he's, like you said, I mean, there's really no more to add. Why are you hiring Snoop Dogg? And then what are you expecting after you hire Snoop Dogg? You know, does, does Snoop Dogg jive with the the whatever morality or whatever that Kansas wants to to advance as a state, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand. But yeah, that's uh, that's all we have for keeping current with Mike uh, this week. Uh, back to you, Mark. All right. Well, we will move on to our uh, our parents' guide game. Give me your your clues here. I'll get it first try. Sure. Some very mild kissing, nothing sexual. What is the movie? <laughs> Um, hmm. let's say back to school. No, I should. I keep wanting to do that one, though. I always forget. Yeah, I like that one. The main characters accidentally walk into a gay bar, though this is not explicitly mentioned, entitled The Toolbox. 
Several stereotypically gay characters are seen. Dirty work? No. This sounds so familiar. One of the characters' girlfriend is accused of having an affair. The toolbox. Fuck. Um. Hmm. Police Academy. No. Okay. That's a blue oyster, by the way. I know. Is that what it, no, is it the Blue yeah, Oyster? It's the Blue Oyster oh. bar, yeah. Huh. Alright, this uh this one I have to be careful on because it has two character names. Okay. One of the characters talks about another character finally getting his pubic hair in parentheses pubes. Hmm. No, that doesn't happen in that movie. So, hmm. Ah Super bad. <laughs> No. Okay. Oh my god, after you get it, because I can't tell you what this is, it'll totally give it away. There's the funniest profanity thing I've ever seen in my whole life. Alright. Under frightening and intense scenes, none. Should be PG. Huh. Should be PG, huh? Yeah, and then right after that, it says... One of the characters is given a gun and is asked to kill his girlfriend's ex-husband. However, he throws the gun away and runs off, scared. Which sounds kind of frightening or intense. Wow. Okay, one character's given a gun and told... Wow. Fuck. Um... Hmm. Ex-husband... Mm, Barbarella. No. Okay. While at a rock concert, one of the characters accidentally sets a man's hair on fire with a lighter. Played for laughs. No. Wait, really? No. Revenge of the Nerds? No. Okay. This one is under a profanity. Just the way they phrased it makes me laugh. One brief use of shitty and one slightly unclear asshole. Just the slightly unclear asshole sounds hilarious. It's a slightly unclear asshole. Uh, setting someone. Well, if you go to the doctor, your diagnosis uh, slightly uh. unclear asshole. Oh man. Mm. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. No. All right. One of the characters meets an attractive woman who gets who acts increasingly seductive to him, and it's implied they have sex. Nothing unsuitable happens, though. It's all PG level. This person, someone in this comments, is really hammering hard for a PG rating for this movie. Seriously, I th- I don't know what the movie's actually rated. I think it might be PG thirteen, but maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Um. Hmm. Saturday Night Fever. No. But this is PG thirteen, which is kind of, which is pretty funny because I've seen it at least twice now. So I was like, it really should be PG. <laughs> In someone's dream, there's a naked Indian, but only his butt is visible. Wayne's World two, swing. <laughs> oh, nice! I don't remember the toolbox in there, but that did sound familiar. Yeah, I don't. 
I mean, I don't remember that in that movie either, but this is actually the part that I thought was hilarious. Some slang words, including schwing, are also used. (laughs) (laughs) This house had a swear word. Yeah, that's profanity. Oh, all right. It's the sound of a man getting an erection. I'm sorry, that's just nature. I agree. Absolutely. That's like saying plop is a swear word. Right. Or violent diarrhea. All right, so yours under sex and nudity. A man refers to his mistress as sugar bumps, obviously a crude term for her breasts. Johnny Dangerously. No. Uh, Let's see. (laughs) Under violence and gore, one of them just says strong, intense violence. Oh. And then underneath that, it says rated PG-13 for action violence and some sexual references. And what references? Sexual references. Uh. Many people are shot dead during the film. Um, The Running Man. No. Uh, let's see. Okay, so under profanity, Christ is said once in a non-religious use. One use of God damn and several uses of oh my God. Two uses of shit, two uses of bitch. Uh, troll two. No. There's one more under profanity. After a man talks to another man, he says to himself, what a dick, in an insult way, but it's very brief and easy to miss. <laughs> <laughs> What other way would that be said? What a dick. In know. an insult way. Like like admir- admiration. What a dick. Well, well <laughs> have you ever seen that clip? I don't know what, the, what movie it is. It's with a Dolph Lundgren and uh, Brandon Lee. No. And I, have, and I think this is actually in the movie. I don't really understand the context at all. But like they're like about to go to a shootout. And like uh, Brandon Lee goes, oh, by the way, I just want to say you have the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man. He goes, oh, well, thanks. It's like, And that's like the actual clip. <laughs> Why? That's, that's what I don't understand. I've only seen the clip, and it's just like the most bewildering thing I've ever seen. Was that showdown in Little Tokyo? It might be. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Two muggers are seen counting their loot on a rooftop. One of them is smoking a cigarette. Is this the original Batman? With, yes, uh, it Michael is. Heaton? Yep, 1989. That's why when you said Donnie, Johnny Dangerously, I was like, oh, it's kind of close. That's funny. <laughs> I, uh, was getting a Keaton, I was getting a Keaton vibe off those uh, questions as uh, what it was. Here's one uh, under sex and nudity. Knox tells Vicky about, uh, about Bruce. Chicks love him for his big charity balls. <laughs> Vicky then remarks, and don't leave out his very large bankroll. <laughs> That's such an 80s conversation. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many of these begin with the Joker does this or or Batman does this or Gotham City is dark and oppressive and its occupants are terror stricken by the Joker's reign. The overall atmosphere is quite bleak and intimidating. Jeez. It's kind of campy if you watch it now. Yeah, I, I, that's why I, I think um, that's my wife's favorite version of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I mean, I know, 
she never really read the comics, so I mean, me, I'm, I have like a weird thing where I'm like, a, like it just really annoys me when they don't really follow the, the original material that well, you know? Right. But I mean, when I, but then in other cases where there's original material and I've seen the movie first, it's not a problem. But like, mm-hmm. you know, a movie like The Watchmen, which I love the comics for that, it's like the movies just couldn't be nothing but disappointing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's weird because that that was like the first time that that the Joker was named to Jack Napier. Oh, it wasn't the one with uh, Cesar Romero. No, I think it was just the Joker uh, with grease paint over his mustache. Right. Because <laughs> Cesar Romero refused to shave it. Apparently, he liked uh, people to throw uh, tangerines at his uh, ass while he was wearing a uh, speedo. <laughs> That's according to the uh, Gilbert Godfrey podcast, or he would throw them. I don't remember what the order was. I guess if uh, I, I guess if it's not true, uh, he's not alive to sue us. So that's true. Do you have the order of a Joker? Have you seen? Did you see the new Joker movie yet, Mark? I did. Okay, yeah, I wasn't sure if that's what we we're going to talk about or not. But do you have a uh, do you have a order of Jokers? Like, like your favorite to your least favorite? Interesting. So. Yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot. We have to say there's um, there's uh, Jack Nicholson play the Joker. Yep. We're, we're just we're just in the what we watch segment now. It's not transition. We're already there. Yeah, we're um, talking about the Joker. We have, so. you know, we have Heath Ledger. Right. Um, Jared Leto. Correct. Mark um, Mark Hamill. The Mark Hamill, the great Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you, uh, what's the what's the guy's name? Did I already say Joaquin Phoenix? No. Yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. No. And Caesar Romero. Yep. Did we count uh, Cameron Monaghan, who's on Gotham? I'm, I've never seen that. I mean, I, I don't think can, they. But I just I can't rank it because I've never seen it. I don't think they actually explicitly say he's the Joker. It's like sort of implied that he's that he's the Joker, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, apparently, the, for the in the original Batman movie, they wanted Willem Dafoe. Or somebody, you know, said that. Well, they wanted Jack Nicholson all the way, you know, like from the beginning. But somebody uh, disagreed, and and one of the producers, and they were like, they we should get um, Willem Dafoe as yeah, like Willem, Willem Dafoe would have been great. Like a, a like a leaner, you know, more kind of a comic booky version of it. Yeah, he yeah, was really good as. Um... In the original uh, Spider-Man trilogy, is uh, the Green Goblin? Mm-hmm. Like he was, you know, I, I liked him a lot in that role. So I would say probably my favorite is honestly Mark Hamill. <laughs> and yeah, see, I, I actually am going to say the same thing. Yeah, I think Mark Hamill's my favorite, and then after that, I would probably say Ledger, I guess, and then then Nicholson. Yeah, I think I'm completely on board with you, but I, I would definitely put, uh, even though I haven't seen the Gotham one, I would put Jared Leto on the very bottom because I did, I, I don't know why, like uh, of me of all people who hate superhero movies, I was watching The Suicide Squad. Oh God, okay. It was on like, H, it was on like HBO or something like that and he was in it and he was, it was just, re, it was very bad. I did not care for it at all. Like it, he was especially bad at it. It's a really wor- weird, like juggalo version of uh... Yeah, I don't. Joker. It has like no relation to the original. I mean, I guess he was trying to. I mean, really, you could say that if you're using the original text, uh, I, I can't say any of them as, other than, of course, Mark Hamill, which is perfectly, you know, mm-hmm. the Joker from the comics. Yep, is super close to it. Yeah, Jared Leto certainly no. Uh, you're my number one, a uh, guy. 
<laughs> That's the best line from uh, Batman 89. That <laughs> and uh, Bob Gunn. That he just shoots Bob. Right. Uh, but yes, so... Uh, the... I always liked uh, this song needs an enema because my neighbor's mm. last name was Enema. But I was at an age where I didn't realize an enema was uh, what it actually is. I just thought it was like, oh, it's your last name. He's like, he's like, stop saying that. I forgot that that you lived next door to Nathan Enema. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. I was gonna name the first name, but whatever. Yeah, he's probably dead now. Who cares? He's, he's probably he's he's probably in some cult, right? I would imagine. He 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 looked. Last time I saw him, he looked like Jesus. I know he was very. His family is very. He has a very nice family. I just have to say. Okay. I know they were religious, but I was just, you know, I guess the joke is that, you know, just religious people grow up in some weird cults, but I don't know. I, I don't know what he's doing. I hope he's doing well. N- nice family, the enemas. Yeah, yeah. I hope he didn't name his daughter Anita. No, I think I went and saw the uh, the Ninja Turtles movie in the theater with uh, the enemas as well. Really? Yeah, it was it was a pretty big night for, you know, people that age when that movie came out. Yeah, see, I didn't, I didn't know the family at all. I just knew I just knew Nathan. We had creative writing together when he was a senior and I was a freshman. Nice. But yeah, so I guess we could talk more about people from our old hometown and hope that people are entertained by that. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know about you. Oh yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um but yeah, so the joke in the co- were you ever a big comic book uh, reader of the Batman and the Joker in the pudding? In <laughs> the pudding, in the Batman, Batman and the the Riverdale gang, uh, Archie were the only two comics that I really ever read. I didn't read a lot of either one, but I read a little bit of of Batman comics. Archie comics were the most wholesome comics out there. <laughs> Yeah, I had a really weird like reading of comics too. Like I would read a little bit of Batman, but I really liked uh, Spider Man. Was really my favorite. I did read the Archie comics when I was younger, though. And, like mm-hmm. I think Richie Rich and like oh, Cash for the Friendly Ghost, or maybe they they might have been in the same comic. book. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. So like the the comic version of like Joker is like some crazy like you know madman who goes around gassing people and just like committing like random like you know not super gruesome murders because you know it's uh, a comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, for kids, um, I guess it's for adults too. But you know, there's like the whole comic code, etc. Like Batman doesn't kill people. That's how comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the movies, we've seen like different interpretations. Like the Jack Nicholson, and I guess you know, now that I think about it, it was pretty faithful. It just like just Jack Nicholson just seems like so smug all the time. You know? Yeah. I mean, I know people like like him. As, I, I don't think he. To me, I don't think he's a great actor because he doesn't really seem to have like much range. Yeah. You know, he just comes off as being like a smug asshole. Right. And, like, in that, he comes off definitely more as, like, a mafioso-type Joker than, like, you know, Heath Ledger's portrayal, who's, like, this crazy anarchist who has, like, this band of, like, you know, mentally ill, like, followers that, you know, head mm. around with. Uh, the Jared Leto version, I don't understand that version at all. I mean, I can't, you know, talk or speak to that. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, in the movies, we haven't really seen a super close interpretation of it. I mean, which bothers me, but, you know, my wife, for example, really loved this movie, The Joker. And I, she said, the reason she said she liked it, and I can understand, is because she said it was really almost like a more base yeah. of the character. Yeah. Which is why I didn't like it. Yep, I agree. I didn't like it either. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it's it was just, I felt it was... It, 
I mean, I think it goes without saying that Joaquin Phoenix is great. I mean, his acting was amazing. Like, he was disturbing. He, like, made me uncomfortable watching him sometimes, like, with mm-hmm. his various, like, you know, ticks and, like, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, there were, like, a little too many, like, scenes of just watching him smoke for, like, five minutes while he drives around uh, looking out the, you know, and seeing the skyline of a 1970s New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised we didn't see him drive by the World Trade Center at one point. <clears throat> right. Um, yeah, this character is, as far as I know, it's a pretty original concept for the Joker. Like, it seems like Todd Phillips, like, had an idea to, like, do, like, a um, a version of, like, Mean Streets or, uh, you know, obviously Taxi Driver is a big influence here. Exactly. But then he's like, but he also, like, had an offer to do a Joker movie at the same time. He's like, well, it'd be hard to pay for all those sets and shit, but if it's a Joker movie, they'll definitely just, like, throw money at me. So maybe just combine the two ideas. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is that it's very, it's very, like... Taxi Driver mixed with the King of Comedy. And, you know, I understand it's Scorsese's producing it, and Todd Phillips obviously, you know, had this idea. I get kind of what they're going with, with it being very grounded in reality, almost like it's, you know, it's not, it's obviously, it's not really a superhero movie. And I think that Joaquin Phoenix was good. My biggest criticism with the movie, and this, I guess this will sound weird. But it's not funny, like, and I didn't expect yeah. it. I didn't expect it to be a comedy. But yeah, it's... it is definitely a little too mopey. You know, there's definitely yeah. a little part where it's like, okay, we understand you're going through a shitty time, but I mean, a little bit too much there. Uh, you know, and that's like that's one of the things that Mark Hamill was so is so good at when he does the Joker is yeah he's this. He he's this evil character, you know. He's the, he's this villain and everything, but there's a whimsy about what he's, yeah, he's doing. He's like, a, he's like a lighthearted madman the way Mark Hamill portrays him. Exactly, and even if even if other people aren't around him, aren't laughing, he's amusing himself. And right. and that's Much like me and my youngest daughter. We enjoy making ourselves laugh more than anything else. Right, and that that's you know that's something that's not necessarily endearing but that's at least an engaging kind of way to play it this this doesn't Joaquin Phoenix is really good in it but it doesn't in, it doesn't really engage uh, yeah, like I, and like I've complained before, I don't really understand necessarily why this has to be a movie about the Joker. You could just have it be like right. you know another like homage, obviously, to Martin Scorsese, and like have it be an original character. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing. There's, I mean, aside from like the characters they name, which are like you know, Bat, like they name Thomas Wayne and Bruce Wayne. So obviously, it's Batman and his father and his mm. wife and his mother Martha. But I mean, even that, if you didn't have the names of the characters, would you necessarily know it was a, a Batman movie? Yeah, exactly. Or a comic book movie? I mean, there's really nothing. I mean, in the fact that he dresses like a, you know, a clown, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I did like the makeup in this. I thought it was like kind of like very creepy, you know. I wouldn't say it's like you know recognizable from the comics, but I mean, as far as like a, a different take on it, it is. I did like the makeup. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. The makeup, um, the makeup, and a lot of the things in the movie like really give you the creeps. But yeah, I just and the c- cinematography was amazing. I thought, yep. like, yep. I, I, if it doesn't win some of the award for that, then I don't. I won't understand how the award process works. Um, <laughs> do I talk about the plot? Like, the plot is like this guy. Um, his name's Arthur, which uh, I always liked as a name. If we ever were going to have a boy, but my wife, I hated the name, so it was never going to happen. Right. Um, 
but so Arthur's like uh, he he lives with his mother. He uh, he's going to therapy and like he's taking just like scores of pills. It looked like he was taking like ten pills a day, like some crazy amount, you know, of drugs and just have them on. That's they mentioned he was in like uh, a mental asylum, which we presume is Arthur, Arkham Asylum. But mm-hmm. of course, in this version, it's not an asylum; it's Arkham Hospital. It, it does look it does look kind of brooding still, but it's not like the you know gothic like you know H.P. Lovecraft uh, summoned uh, you know that we fight in the comics or other versions of Batman. Mm. Yeah, and he, so he, he's got a disorder that causes him to laugh at, at inappropriate times, and it reminds me of Mike, I'm not sure how familiar you are with I know what reference you're going for. <laughs> Do you? Should but I? Need... I, but I've never seen it. Should Should I... Color more? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, okay. No, someone in real life, uh, Tim Stevens. Have you? Oh yeah, yeah. Have you hung out with him much? Uh, no, not really. So, when I was hanging out with him a, a little bit with with our friend Penn, another. So here's another reference of people you guys don't know who they are, but he and I don't know when this started, and I don't know what the cause of this is, but every time he sta- he finishes a sentence, he goes huh? <laughs> like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I've noticed that, but so he'll say. He'll say, like, yeah, let's go to the store. Huh? It's just such a weird sound. And, you know, at first when we were hanging out, I I could ignore it until Ben's little brother Andy brought it up. Or no, Ben brought it up. And, and we started talking about it, and then I realized everyone else noticed it, too. And so then anytime he did it, we all, like, would look at each other. <laughs> and it was hard not to laugh. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's kind of what it reminds me of is uh, you know when when people do that. I don't know what why he does that. He didn't do right. that when he was younger, but now he does. So can you imagine? Uh, can you imagine if uh, you got the news that a uh, plane struck the World Trade Center from him? <laughs> yeah, people. They say people are jumping out the side. Huh? <laughs> My God! I think about three thousand people are dead. <laughs> Yeah, they say there's a you know, driving around in a van in uh, D.C., huh? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so he... We mean that in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, Tim's great. But he, uh, so he has a, a, you know, neurological disorder where he laughs when it's not appropriate to laugh. It even has a card that explains this because early in the movie, uh, there's a young boy that he's trying to like entertain, like his mother, you know, appropriately because some weird creep on a, a bus is like, you know, engaging with her child. Like she like calls him out and he just starts laughing hysterically. And he, he hands her a card that says, "Oh, by the way, I have this disorder. Please mm-hmm. give me the card." Yeah, and he's he's pretty much a loser. He gets like beaten up and shit. <laughs> He gets beaten up by children, like, very severely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, they hit him with a sign, and it practically explodes. <laughs> also, I want to point out that I think Arthur would be the fastest man in the universe. Okay, yeah. Because in different scenes, he not only, like, chases these kids out, like, nothing, like, no effort whatsoever. Mm. And these are, like, young, spry children that, you know, had, like, an advantage to begin with on him. Right. But like later in the movie, he like runs and he's just like so fast. He's always like out running. It's almost like the complete opposite of like Jason Voorhees. Like he's running super fast, but like you know, he doesn't you know get where he wants to. Yeah. 
Uh, so, um, let's see what happens next. Uh, he gets that gun. Well, yeah, some guy he works with uh, just like gives him a gun. He's like, yeah, you can pay me later. Because <laughs> he works at an agency that like has like a bunch of clowns, and they they like kind of hire them out. Like it's like a rent a clown service kind of. Mm-hmm. Those people whose uh, businesses have all been hurt by the It movie, right? Or who are promoting the It movie, right? Uh... So yeah, we see them like. Um, He's like kind of like you know going around to his different jobs. He's a uh, he's a clown by day and by night. He's like he's, he he tells his therapist and he tells this woman he meets in his building with a young child that he's like, oh yeah, I'm a stand up comedy. Uh, you know, I'm a stand up comedian guy at night. Come out and see my show and like uh, we see him and it's like the like the worst show you've ever seen. Your it's worse than Michael Richards uh, comedy. Yeah, it is. When I was a kid. Uh, I, when I told people I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, they'd laugh. Nobody's laughing now. Yeah, it's just like it only, like, not only a super old joke, but like before he like just like has his like hysterical laughing and like he's stuttering and like he like he just can't like deal with speaking people at all. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the uh, someone, which doesn't make a lot of sense because of the era, but someone has like a small camera that he doesn't notice. Which I don't think a VHS really would exist at this point. Yeah, um, this they, takes like, place in '81, I think, right? I didn't know if they've ever set an actual date to it. Okay, you're probably right, but I just didn't even notice that. Um, but yeah, so he, a video clip of it gets out onto this show with uh, I can't remember Robert De Niro's character's name, but um, it's uh, he, he has a oh, what is it? I I just saw Murray. Last night. I should. I, I'm not sure. Murray Franklin. Remember. So, yeah, yeah, I think you're right, Marie Franklin, yeah. Yeah. So it gets on this show, and, like, you know, people are, like, you know, it's, it's hysterical. You know, they're laughing at him. And, like, uh, so Marie Franklin, like, arranges for um, Arthur to actually be on the show. But, you know, mm-hmm. there's other shit happening in the meantime. Um, actually, I think before this, like, uh, he goes onto the subway, and, like, uh, these, these like, three, like, uh, banker bros are, like, uh, harassing this woman. Like, they just, like, you know, like, the stereotypical, like, you know, like, the, the meanest, like, adult you see, you know, doing the meanest shit ever. Mm-hmm. So they get into a scuffle, and then Arthur just like violently like kills you know all, all two of them. He kills basically in self defense, but the third one he kind of just tracks down and just murders and cold blood. Yep. I guess you get Arthur top blood if you're an attorney, but yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely not self defense at that point. No, no, not at like all. he chases him through a subway car and all that stuff. Um. So he does. He is. He go ahead. Goes. The city, there's like, it's, which is, you know, odd. Like, people are kind of like, you know, it's almost like a movement. Like, they're like, yeah, kill the rich is like the new uh, mm-hmm. slogan. And then we see Thomas Wayne, like, is running for mayor. And then when Thomas is on TV, uh, Arthur's mother is like obsessed with Thomas. So, like, she's like, oh, she keeps writing all these letters, you know, and like, uh, they never like seem to get to him. At least she says they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this, a lot of this is. I don't. I guess they said it in '81 because you know that was a, a time period of, you know, kind of there was a lot of financial strife then too and everything. But obviously, this is you know this is meant to reflect society as it is today. Like, yeah, I, th- I thought the problem was they were just trying to like incorporate too many things, but they only incorporated them for like a second or two. Yep. Yeah, that was that was a, one of the problems. Is there's too much. Too much stuff in the movie. Too many ideas in the movie. 
Yeah, like there's very brief parts where you can hear them like say like, oh, you're like, oh, they're going to talk about like, you know, immigration here or mm-hmm. like, you know, like, uh, or abortion or something like that. Yep. But it's like, it's like clearly, I don't think those are specific examples, but just like, uh, they're clearly like there was different parts like, oh, I see this is going to be a metaphor for so-and-so because in the other Batman movies, there are, they do that commonly, like the, um, the rise of Batman, the third the movie with Bane, like they would, yep. there's obviously a, a lot of references to the financial crisis in that one. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, there's a whole uh, Wall Street thing there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was just like, there was like a lot of different ideas, which I can't, if, see, I, I, I don't, this isn't a bad movie, I just didn't like the movie. Yeah, I agree, it's not like, horrible. If, if someone told me they really liked the movie, like my wife, I could easily see why, I mean, mm-hmm. but to me, like someone who was just a stickler for like, trying to stick to the source material, I mean... If they had written a comic that was just like this, like a different take any origin story in the seventies, I, I would be perfectly fine with it. But a movie is just like so it's so different from the source material and it doesn't even really try to be anywhere close to it, which is I'm happy for in one way, but in another a way the you know, the homage to uh Mean Street slash, you know, um again taxi driver is just like it's just way too out there. Like and there's like all these like slow motion scenes and like like I said, like half the movie he's like just smoking. He's like, Oh, the seventies or eighties, I guess you said, so Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of this is is weird. And I, I understand that that it's not it's not gonna be connected to necessarily other things i mean this is the same company and you know warner brothers and the same the same it's not the same universe but it's the same they're you know the same comic book family the dc comic books that produced shazam and fucking aquaman so it's like you know um what's her name uh nicole kidman is uh you know a fish woman under the sea and you got Shazam running around all bright and colorful and, and funny. And th- this movie exists in the same, at least sort of in the same plane. And obviously it's, I mean, it's just, it's weird. It's weird to think about. Like, obviously, you know, the, the Bruce Wayne that gets that gets born, or however you want to say it in this movie, is not Ben Affleck or even whomever the next yeah, because uh, all all the characteristics of his father is like he's a very kind man, and like he's mm-hmm. just he comes off as kind of an asshole in this. I mean, yep. my wife pointed out that he really kind of wasn't. He was just like you know, like in the like in the bathroom scene where he like uh, <coughs> just punches Arthur right in the face. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like creeping around his house, but even like uh, Arthur did not seem like the right Arthur for this movie. Mm-hmm. That's why I presume that guy following uh, uh, young Bruce around was at least. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know, I'm sorry. We completely forgot to mention this, uh, which is no shock for regular listeners. Um, <laughs> his mother is writing um, letters, and she says that uh, Arthur is actually Thomas Wayne's son, and that, like, you know, like when she worked there, they conceived him, and then, uh, you know, she's been trying to get money to help them out because he's a rightful heir, you know, his son, and that sort of thing. But that's why he goes to his house in the first place. That's right. He's he's Batman's older brother. Right. Surprise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a, that's that's a twist if it's true. But yeah, let's see, that's a twist. And uh, yeah, so uh, he 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 let Murray dude, you know, he wants to get on his show, um, and he he like fucks him over. <laughs> I mean, he gets his in the end, but he he's not uh, you know he's not super nice to him. There's a lot, so there's a lot. The I guess the biggest thing in here and. 
One of the reasons why this is getting a lot of controversy, because, surprise, it's a movie in 2019, therefore it must be looked at in a controversial way. It's, see, uh, I really don't see anything controversial about the movie at all. They, they're saying that, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with what incels are. Uh, yeah. Involuntarily celibate morons. But yeah. uh, they, um, it says, like, basically it kind of feeds into that, like, um, you know, we're, you know, beaten down and, and all this stuff. We should, you know, stand up and protest and, and everything. I don't, I mean, I don't really see it in that light. To me, I, it's more about, you know, peop, like the, the, the gap, the, like the, the wealth gap or whatever, um, and people, you know, kind of standing up against that, which is never going to happen either. See, so. I don't really see it as anything like that at all. I really honestly just see it as like, a, you know, a Todd Phillips' take on the origin story. I, I mean, I think the more I think about it, the more I'll end up liking the movie. Just like at first it rubs me the wrong way just because of how different it is from the source. Uh-huh. I mean, it's an overall a good movie, but like I said, there my biggest problem is there's some parts that are just kind of like drag. And my wife, as soon as we left the theater, said she thought I would like it because it's kind of slow in parts. And I, I, like with all this controversy, I thought it was going to be like a super violent, like over the top, like action movie almost. But it's really like a very slow paced, like you know, quiet in a lot of parts. Like uh, you know, the, the soundtrack I think is very good too. Actually, there's a lot of strings and like some mm. really like really powerful sounding music. Um, but yeah, it's 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 not what I think a lot of people are going to be expecting going into it, but again, it's not a bad movie. I just don't like it that much. Yeah, it's you know it's fine. It's a you know finely directed film, and and like you said, the cinematography is outstanding, and there the performances are good. There there are things I like about it, but to me, it's too dour. It's too depressing. There's not much hope there and it's yeah you think a movie called the joker and about the character would have at least a few left i mean there's i can't think of any real laughs in the movie Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like i guess i get i'm getting sick of and maybe if this had come out you know and this is not the movie's fault really but maybe if this had come out 15 years ago i'd be like oh wow you know this is this is a bold take on on this thing but i'm just sick of comic book movies having to be quote unquote just gritty and dark and stuff all the time it's like right. I, I don't really you know like let give us a little bit of fun you know every once in a while too right uh but yeah oh, oh. so go ahead yeah go ahead at the theater they had a preview for a movie it was a gritty reboot of the harriet tubman story holy shit I think it was actually like a biopic, but it looked like all like you know, the way they like the trailer was. He's like, oh, she's like got a gun behind her back and all this shit, you know. Wow, Harriet yeah. Tubman, like you've never thought of her. <laughs> I'm gonna put you underground. Right. It's it's written by Quentin Tarantino. As long as it's not Michael Bay. Uh, you motherfuckers. Um. So anyway, so the Joker goes on Murray's show. Uh, because and then, of, then Quentin Tarantino just insists on uh, having the same line from Pulp Fiction <laughs> about the storage on his lawn. Yep. <laughs> There's no sign that says it. And then Harry Tubman just blows his head off. <laughs> but uh, so he he goes on uh, Murray's show because of his popularity, and you know he puts on all his shit and everything. 
Um, yeah, there, there's like some protests with all these people dressed as clowns inspired by, which there's really no evidence of, just rumors that it was a clown that attacked these like three Wall Street guys. Yeah, exactly. And so then everyone's like, okay, it's a clown, and then there's like a standard mask they all have. And like, yeah, at this point, he's really kind of gone off the rails. He just starts killing a bunch of people. Yeah, some of his coworkers, which is which I thought was pretty funny, is a guy who gave him the gun and said, "Oh, we'll settle it later." Like he like immediately turns on him. He's like, "Oh yeah, I see." He said he wanted to buy a gun from. <laughs> which how he's going to reconcile that? I have no idea. Right. But yeah, the police the police show up and like they actually frighten his mother and she, that's why she goes to the hospital and that's kind of how he finds out about the mm-hmm. letters and that kind of shit. Um, yep. So yeah, like they're they're chasing and then like the, then he go these protests. People are showing up dressed as clowns, so like. On the day of the, uh, the his appearance on the on the Franklin show, he actually like um like all these people dressed as clowns are like f- like have like a riot essentially they, like beat like mm. they severely beat these two policemen like where they're at the hospital and stuff. Yep. And so he just shows up in full clown regalia, which he never like implied he would. And then so he goes on the show and he like he's like, well, we would just want everyone to know this isn't in reference to that or anything like that. You know, they're really mm-hmm. going out of their way. It's uh, the Murray Franklin show is like a really bottom uh, basement, like Johnny Carson type show. Absolutely, yeah. I think I that's think Robert De Niro does a great job playing the character. Like he is like the perfect amount of like sappy and like not really hard edge. Like you know, kind of like your generic interview. Yeah, it's funny too because it's it's sort of the opposite role that he played in the King of Comedy. So in the King of Comedy, he was obsessed with uh, Jerry Lewis who had this, like, talk show and everything, and Jerry Lewis was this kind of, like, dick, uh, but, you know, had the this persona on screen. And it's kind of like he's playing the Jerry Lewis role now. Yeah, I've never seen the King comedy. It's, it's all right. Yeah. One of the only things I can stand Jerry Lewis in. <laughs> right. But anyway, so, yeah, he goes on. He tells him to call him Joker, or introduce him as Joker. Which he does. Yeah, because Murray had said previously, he just referred to him like, this guy's a joker or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so he was flattered by it because he has like this really weird like fantasy sequence at the beginning where like the Murray like, calls him up and says, like, you know, I wish you were my son and all this like nutty <laughs> stuff. So he's like, yeah. obsessed. Yeah. So he... and, and then we see him like practicing with his gun. Like he's like, oh, I want to hear a joke. And it's like, knock, knock. And then like he pulls again out and like puts it under his chin and pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's, it's empty. So, like, you know, we have this anticipation, as they say. Right, yeah, that's that's uh, quite a phrase. Right. But, yeah, we, so we're anticipating him to, you know, just basically Bud Dwyer himself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, faces of death. Uh, but, anyway, so, yeah, he comes out. He starts telling these uh, these horrible jokes. Um, yeah, but he's all, like, it, like, it was, a problem with this movie is a lot of times I wasn't sure if he was, like, fantasizing something or not because like this woman who him around like going to his yep. mother's hospital with him yep. he like go, he like just goes to her apartment and she goes what are you doing in my apartment so he just like basically had a whole fantasy she was like you know dating him and stuff and like yeah she just saw him once like, he's like this creepy guy like she saw like pretend to shoot himself in the head once yeah sophie yeah but uh yeah we're we're, we're terrible at recapping things sorry <laughs> it's okay but anyway so i don't know why i don't know why i said that's okay yeah, it's not, yeah, not yeah. for me to say, but anyway, so he he admits that he killed uh, you know the dudes. He he talks about how you know people abandon him and how Murray's this asshole. Then he kills Murray. Oh yeah, because we forgot, of course, as well. His mother like uh, wrote this like like this uh, 
apparently she was at this uh, asylum and she had like adopted him and worked for the Wayne. So basically she just lied and, and she deluded that he was, you know, mm. Thomas's son when she was really, which both situations sounds weird that they, I mean, I don't know what the adoption laws were like back then, but it seems like it would be difficult to adopt someone if you, you know, you're not yeah. wealthy, but I don't really know how it works. I don't I'm either. a scientist. <laughs> but that's something he gets arrested and then riots break out across the the whole city. Um, oh, also, he forgot he killed his mom and that guy who sold who gave him the gun. Yeah. So then the 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 rioters they they corner the Wayne family in an alley and kill them. Uh, even, they, though there's, even though there's like thirty of them, there's uh you know, Damon Damon Junior, mm-hmm. Keisha Crystal, yeah. Keenan, <laughs> Sean. Marlin, <laughs> but they spare Bruce. Yeah, which was weird. I don't know why they killed Martha. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Nope, me either. And and I love how they think they're like doing Bruce a favor. I guess. Yeah, we just murdered your parents. Good luck, buddy. Right, and then uh, Arthur was arrested, but like an ambulance like hits the car, and like they pull him out, and like he's like you know they all kind of recognize like. Oh, I, apparently they all caught the Murray Franklin show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they kind of like hold him up as like their savior, and then like he gets arrested again at the end. Yeah, so yeah, he gets arrested again. He gets put in an asylum, uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, he uh, he kills the uh, the therapist he's talking with, and just kind of like waltzes out on the way in, at the very end. Yeah, but yeah, and I think so. One of the controversies is that, you know, people are, like, celebrating him and, and everything when, you know, clearly he's a villain. Yeah, I, I really, I that is just stupid. I mean, I mean, the character is not portrayed as an antagonist or, like, a hero in any ways. It's, like, really a dark character study, which, mm-hmm. and that, you know, again, if it were, I think I'd like the movie a lot better if it weren't, like, called the Joker or didn't have a tie-in to Batman, but... yeah. I mean, it's a, it would fit in. It would, I would say it definitely would fit in, you know, with like the rest of like the seventies, like you know Martin Scorsese style movies. But it's like you know, does Breaking Bad get criticized because it, it you know of Walter White and we kind of root for him? Right, but I mean, I mean, at the same, I mean, it's just people are way too sensitive. I, I don't understand. I, mean, I don't think any. I mean, even Walter White, he's not portrayed as like a good person. You know, that's he, what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, it's it's okay to have stories about the bad parts of you know humanity because I mean, look at all these like uh, podcasts that people are obsessed with about serial killers and stuff. Mm-hmm. People are interested in you know every aspect of a human, you know, and what different possibility there could be. And the biggest thing is that it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not real life. Uh, and it's an R-rated movie, so I mean, if your kids are going there, then you probably need to do something different mm-hmm. because they shouldn't be seeing this. I mean. Yeah, they could download it online, but again, I mean, it's you know, it's not the movie's fault that your kids are illegally getting a copy of and or watching this movie. Mm-hmm. If Joaquin Phoenix dressed up like a clown and murdered a bunch of people in real life uh, on the streets of whatever city, he wouldn't he he wouldn't get lifted up as a hero. It just wouldn't happen. That's why yeah. that's a movie, and real real life's different. <laughs> so. Great. So that's I mean I don't really look at it as controversial like like I said before I didn't like I didn't like the movie for certain you know for certain reasons a couple of stylistic reasons a couple of just script writing reasons I didn't really love it but you know like you said 
I don't think it's a bad film. It's just really not a, a me film. It's not a film that I like. But it's not, you know, it's objectively good, I would say, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, too, I mean, there's, like, a, the, the like there's a lot of very... Like, uh, you know, the whole part where, like, uh, Joaquin, where Arthur comes out onto the set of the, the talk show and, like, you're like, oh, my God, what's he going to do here? Because we know he has his gun on him. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, it's just, like, it's, you know, just, like, there's a lot of good, you know, uses of various, like, cinematic techniques. It's, I, I, I feel bad because even, like, my, I felt, like, cause I think I need to process the movie. Like, movies like this that are kind of complicated, you know, the more I think about it, the more... You know, maybe I have to watch it again a couple times. I was going to say, I'm probably going to have to watch it again, honestly, to really fully get it. Yeah, but I, I, I don't think I'm going to watch it again, because watching it the first time wasn't super pleasant, like, yeah. experience-wise. It was just kind of like a drag in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, it's kind of more depressing than I'm usually... I'm a, more of a fan of, like, action movies or comedies. Mm, yep. Yep, me too. I'm not into the... Like, I... I Life is depressing enough. I don't need the movie to depress me. Great. Uh, but that is our episode for the day. Uh, why don't you write to us at Massive Late Fee on Twitter and tell us what who, who your favorite Joker is. You can uh, you know tag us to at or um, hashtag Massive Late Fee, uh, all that stuff if you want to uh, to do that. So that we can see it. Maybe we'll talk about what your favorite Joker is uh, next week on the air. Uh, what did you think of the movie? You know, tell some friends about this show. Chuck in a buck at, uh, you know, Patreon slash Massive Late Fee or Massive Late Fee slash Patreon or whatever it is. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's late and I'm tired now. <laughs> Mike, you got anything to, to tell the people or ask for them? No. All right. Sounds good. So we will see you next week. Bye. See you next time.